We hear all these stories about people getting really sick and then their lives drastically changing. Guess what, here's another one. So in 2016, I got pretty sick and I could not get rid of this cold that was seemingly just a common cold. It kept coming and going and it kept getting worse and worse until I started developing asthma. It got to the point where I had to admit to myself that maybe there was something more going on, that maybe there was something in my energetic system that was preventing me from truly getting better and getting back into my energetic rhythm, my energetic flow. Something had to give. I was sharing this with a friend one day and she recommended I see a shamanic energy healer. So I went to this shamanic energy healer and a whole new world opened up. It felt like coming home. It felt like remembering the truths of who I am and what I already know, but I needed reminding of. Suddenly, the world felt less scary, less alone, and my life is now driven by my inner knowing, not by fear. My name is Madeline Corliss. I am the creator of The Energy Studio. Welcome to The Energy Studio Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to episode three of the Energy Studio podcast. Today we're talking about a whole smorgasbord of things. We're talking about masculine and feminine imbalance, the haka. We're talking about what is going on in our world right now because it's a little bit cray. Get ready. All right, so let's talk about this idea of as above, so below. So there's some things happening right now in the energetic realm and in the spiritual realm and in our middle world, what's happening for us right now. I think that it is pretty hard to ignore. Obviously, a lot of structures and a lot of things that are wanting attention, wanting realignment, wanting to be reevaluated because we swung too far in one direction and we have been creating our own destruction in a way. So a few weeks ago, a friend of mine had a big download. And when I say download, uh, that's a term that I use just like a computer would you download information that is divinely guided. So she had this download about the spiritual realm and that there is currently a war happening in the spiritual realm and that the light beings, the angels, the light workers are in need of some support. And the way that they wanted support was through gratitude and in us like every day, every hour having a time of dedicated gratitude, of expressing our gratitude to them and for what they're doing and for all that they do for us and for all that we have in this world. So as above, so below. There's this belief that what is happening on a spiritual level is reflecting on into a physical plane, into the physical plane. So this works for both us physically, like what is happening in my brain in both the spiritual belief level and like the frequency that I am vibrating at is going to manifest and translate into my physical plane, into what is happening physically in this world for me. So if you think of it like a pie chart, right now there is this dark energy, this fear, this negativity, this worry, this need to control and uh, not trust. And then there is this light energy, which is very much the gratitude and the love and light and wanting the betterment of others and of yourself and trust. It takes a lot of trust to live in that light energy. And so right now, there's this battle between the two because the darkness is starting to overpower. And that's not to say that it is going to overpower, but it is saying that there is a power struggle right now and that the world needs support. So as above, so below, it's also a relationship. So like I've said before, everything in shamanic practices and belief systems 
is about relationships, about healing relationships. So I was talking to another friend about this and she was like, I just have such a hard time understanding how we got here. And it, I was reminded that a few years ago, I was, uh, when I was first getting into this world of understanding, I was listening to either a podcast or a documentary or something. And it came up multiple times in one week until I fully understood it. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. Yes, I get that. And I fully support it. Let's talk about masculine versus feminine energy. So the masculine, if you think about like living in a tribal nomadic culture, which is where we all come from, the masculine energy is the hunter. They have to be okay with overpowering other animals, other creatures. They have to be okay with killing because it is a means of survival. Uh, and their main job, when you get into like divine masculine energy, uh, you will tap into protection and providing and that fierce uh, need to support. However, when that masculine energy gets slightly misconstrued and it's no longer that divine driving force, that masculine energy becomes uh, dominating and, you know, not very healthy. Um, and uh, we can see a lot of toxicity in it. And it also is an energy that will support us driving ourselves into the ground. It supports destruction of others to get above. So when you end up with this masculine energy that is not divinely grounded, it becomes expected and okay to destroy for your own success, to put others down. There is a need to be the alpha. When it is not divinely grounded, it can become very toxic and very damaging. And then you have the contrast of the feminine energy. And, you know, I'm not saying mas masculine is bad and feminine is great. No, there are uh, strengths and weaknesses in both. And we all carry both energies. We can all tap into our divine feminine and our divine masculine energies. So when you get to the feminine energy, it is very much an energy of creating, of cultivating, of uh, nurturing and taking what's there and amplifying it. And then if you go a little bit deeper, there is something about the female intuition. Again, not saying that men do not have this, uh, but the female energy carries a different kind of intuition. So I've read a lot of books about Norse shamanism. And one of the things that really struck me is that in a lot of these cultures a long, long time ago, the seers and the shamans and the healers were actually female. And there's something about the connection of the female line of the connection that we have. And if you go back to the idea that shamanism is uh, based in relationships, there's something about the female relationship that is slightly different from the male relationship because we literally grew the people inside us. And if you're in a tribe, you grew the tribe inside of you. Like it was literally in your body. Um, and, and if we're getting a little graphic, like if you think about an umbilical cord, that is very much the idea of a lineage. Like that is the line. And then if you think about the feminine energy, there's also this idea of uh, needing to support and nurture. We have an the, the female energy carries a distinct need to nurture and to cultivate. And there is an emphasis on beauty and on care because we are very much the caretakers. So while the masculine energy is hunting, the female energy is taking care of. And so back to these things that I was listening to when I was first getting into all of this 
uh, shamanic practices and belief systems in the more esoteric world, they were saying there's an imbalance between the masculine and the feminine. And uh, part of it happened in the industrial age and then into the technology age, where suddenly the emphasis started to shift away from beauty and the arts and into achieving things and into status. Uh, and not status because of beauty, but status because of accomplishment. So I love thinking about the example of Downton Abbey. So this is part of what that series talks about and uh, brings up as a theme of the shift between prioritizing and valuing beauty and status as uh, as having beautiful quality things and the shift from the importance in that into the importance of achieving and in the importance of producing and industrializing. Uh, and specifically Mary, you see her make that transition in that series, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And so you start to see that shift around there where the emphasis really becomes more of a masculine energy. And then you get to technology, which again is just supporting achieving, getting further, accomplishing the next big thing. And that is what adds value. And this is maybe a separate podcast about value and self-value, but our country tells us that we are not enough as we are that we need to achieve, that we need to do better, that we need to be financially free, we need to be physically fit, we need to have all these things to be enough. So our culture has swung very far into a masculine-based energy system, and it is what we are taught, it is what is almost expected of us in our culture. When we do that, we get disconnected from nature, from nurturing, from supporting others without any expectation of them supporting us in return. Uh, we get disconnected from creativity, from creating and valuing art and that type of thing. So that allows for us to feel okay about the destruction of the female energy, about uh, saying the arts aren't important, about uh, abuse of women, about putting down women in that female energy. Uh, and it it allows for a lot of things to be okay that when you're actually in balance, those things really are not okay. And so our culture has swung so far towards the masculine energy that we are self-destructing and we are destructing others and we just were not meant to live this way. So when your energy is imbalanced and it gets to a point where it is uncomfortable and causing pain, either in a system, in yourself, physical pain, whatever it is, our instincts as humans is to create balance, to shift the other way, to find ways to fix the problem. So if you look at what's happening in the world right now, there are many things that are forcing us both with the pandemic and quarantine and having to stay home and really face a lot of the issues and the things that are happening in our culture. And there also is a huge upswing right now in people wanting to spend time in nature. Nature is a very feminine energy. It's an energy of growth and renewal and creating and there's also an upswing in shamanic practices and in uh, the interest in witchcraft and esoteric things and all these things that are based in the energetic body that go back to 
something that most of us already understand because either in past lives or also our ancestors experienced this. They know this way of living. So when we tap into our inner intuition, we actually know a lot more than we think we do. Our subconscious and our DNA knows so much more than our conscious brain does. And so there has been this swing and this shift towards an interest in that, towards that way of living, uh, which is awesome. And I totally support it, obviously. And uh, I was even in Barnes and Noble the other day and there was a whole section about that was books about like Reiki and tarot and uh, witch stuff and uh, dreaming and all this stuff. And I was like, good job, Barnes and Noble. But also when a big chain company like that recognizes that there is a marketing need and there is a niche there, it means that there is an interest. So I think a lot of people are being drawn to this stuff right now because we are recognizing on an instinctual level that there needs to be a shift towards this more feminine energy. So that is how I believe we got here. That is how I believe it became okay to uh, look out for yourself above all others. How it became okay to put others down and uh, lower their quality of life. And it is how the dark energy has started to take over and to win. So right now, there is a power struggle between this light energy and the dark energy, and the light energy really needs our support. So going back to the gratitude idea of how do we support it, so gratitude is one of the best known ways to raise your personal energetic vibrations. If you are feeling really low and down in the dumps, Oh, my mother is going to be so proud of this because she used to always tell me like, make a gratitude list. And I hated it when she said it, but she was right. Uh, mom, you're welcome. That's recorded for you now. Um, that when you can tap into your gratitude and really let yourself feel it, really let it embody you and fill you, it changes your vibrational level. It becomes a much lighter and more joyful energy. And where there is gratitude, it is very hard to let fear win. So going on to one of my absolute favorite topics currently uh, is the Hakka. And this has been on my radar for a few years and I never really knew what it was. And of course, divine timing. Uh, when I needed to know what it was, it provided itself for me. Uh, so I don't know if you saw this, but a few years ago, this video went viral of, uh, it was like, wedding party does tribal dance at wedding and brings bride to tears. And I remember watching it and like sobbing over it and being like, wow, one, this looks kind of scary because we don't have anything like this in our culture and it is uh, relatively grotesque. But uh, it also was so moving and beautiful because it was clearly so important to this bride. And it was also so deeply connected to something. And so I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago and the Hakka came up and it, they were specifically talking about the importance between our physical life and our spiritual life and uh, our, our mental understanding and how we carry ourselves and what we do with our bodies. And they were talking about the Hakka. And so I, I remember that video and I was like, I'm going to go watch it. And then I went down the YouTube wormhole and was watching more and more. And I want to know what they're saying. And... Before I get into what they were saying, the whole thing, I was on this kick that day and I was like, imagine if the people in our culture connected to their bodies in this way. Imagine if they had to move their bodies and use their voices as a way to connect to their ancestors, as a way to uh, 
connect to their divine energy, to this this primal energy that our culture has none of. Uh, and if you watch them do the haka, there, it, there's a deep plie for those who are dancers. There is a deep second position plie, and there's a lot of stomping and uh, strong, fierce movement. And uh, as someone who is a dancer, I can tell you, and if you're listening and you're a dancer, I'm sure you know, that when you move your body in that way, it creates a different experience in your life. It creates a different energy in your body, and it's incredibly empowering and strong. And I was thinking, how different would our culture be if we were taught at a young age to connect to our bodies physically and spiritually in that way? I firmly stand by that, that like that is something that's deeply missing in our culture because while our melting pot is so beautiful uh, and the, the, the bringing together of tradition and of different cultures, we also, a lot of us, and like myself included, we have traditions, but they aren't based in the same kind of spirituality that you see in some other cultures. Uh, I really believe if we had something like that that was fully rooted and it was normal for us to be connecting to our body in that way, uh, we would have a very different country. But going back to the meaning of the haka. So I was watching these videos. When you watch them with the translations, the one specifically at the wedding was talking about all of your worries. Why are you worrying? Can you not give that over, essentially? Uh, this is what I got from it. This is not a direct translation. But there was the energy of all that is meant to be for you is there and is going to happen. Take all your worries. What are your worries? Why are you holding on to them? They are taken care of. And it was so beautiful. And the haka is done. Uh, it was traditionally a war dance. Uh, this is all I got from the YouTubes. So uh, if you are a historian or if you know more about this, uh, I'm sorry if I'm not getting all the details perfectly correct. These were the things that stood out to me as important. Um, this was a war dance as a way to connect with the ancestors. And this is done at ceremonial things. So they do it at weddings. They do it at funerals. Uh, there's one video where a boys' school did it to honor the retiring of a teacher. There was another one where uh, there had been a school shooting and the students did it outside of the school to honor those who had been injured and or had passed away from this shooting. And it's incredibly moving and it's it's also a way to move our emotions and move our energy through. And I think it's just so beautiful and healing. And it's something that the American culture is very disconnected from. And uh, when I first started to get into shamanic practices, there are things where they're like dance around a fire or like there's something called soul singing and you can do soul dancing. And I felt embarrassed to do it. But in doing it, once you get past that embarrassment, there is an incredible liberation and an incredible strength. And it's fascinating to me that in our culture, a deep connection like that, at least manifested in me, felt shameful and felt uncomfortable and vulnerable because it is not bred in our culture. And I think that's part of where we've gotten some things wrong. Um, but then going back to gratitude in the haka, so in one of the videos I was watching, he talked about how it started with a tribe, I want to say it's the Maori tribe, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but 
it was a small tribe in New Zealand and they were coming up against a lot of hard times. A lot of uh, hard things were happening. And instead of forming the Hakka as a way to ask the gods for help and to say, help me, I need this from you. It was a dance in celebration of living and in thanking them for letting them live. And this is a tradition that has kept on. The um, the New Zealand, I want to say it's the Black Eyes, they're a rugby team. They do it before every game and it's incredibly powerful to watch uh, because you can see their energy shift into that power, into that connection with their ancestors, with their spirit guides, with the energies of the world around them. So bringing it back to gratitude, I think there's so much power in gratitude and in celebrating and thanking what is here, what is good, what is strong. And instead of saying, I need, I want, give me these things, celebrating, thank you for the continued growth. Thank you for the abundance that is coming to me. Thank you for the things that I am learning. Thank you for the restructuring that is happening. Uh, There's so much that can be done in thanking. And if we're going to the idea of uh, relationships, when somebody is gracious towards me and thanks me for something and uh, is appreciative, I want to give them more. I want to support them because I can see that they value it. When someone says, give me this, give me that, give me this, I don't want to give them anything because that's just annoying and uh, they got sticky fingers and we don't need sticky fingers. So that energy of gratitude, of appreciation, I think is very powerful. And it supports the light. I think the more that we can operate and vibrate on that higher vibration, the the more light and the more good will come. So how do we combat the darkness? How do we help in this fight? How do we uh, help shift things on our own plane? And, you know, a few months ago, I was having a really hard time with this because I was thinking, like, I understand how to heal and to help one human, but I don't know how to heal an entire system, an entire culture, where it is literally in our DNA and in our blood and in our cultural understanding. It's what we're taught. And I don't know how to change something on that big of a scale. The only answer that I received was you do it one one thing at a time, how we do everything else one step at a time. And that might be one human at a time. It might be one system at a time, but it is our job as people who are aware, who are light workers, and anybody who is working to carry that light energy, you are a light worker. Uh, You don't have to be some, you know, incredibly spiritual, my life is dedicated to this. No, you don't have to do that. As long as you are acting and living your life in the pursuit of supporting a healthy world and a healthy community, Uh, you're a light worker, in my opinion. And it doesn't have to be scary. And there are other people doing this work as well. And there is power in numbers. There's power in community. I really believe that surrounding yourself with people who have similar belief systems in this area is important. I think that surrounding yourself with supportive people and people who believe in you and believe in your visions of the world I think that's very important and I think we need to be doing more of that, especially in this time where it can be, uh, we can feel very isolated. Keep creating your community, keep surrounding yourself with supportive people and uh, keep being the person that you want to attract into your life. We attract like energies. So the more that you can resonate on this grateful, high vibe energy, the more of those people will be drawn to you and 
will just further enhance your life. All right, that's all I got for today. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Energy Studio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, send it to a friend, spread the word, click subscribe, click like. I don't really know how all this stuff works on the podcast world, but do all of the things to support it. And if you would like more information about the Energy Studio, about shamanic practices, or you'd like to set up a free one-on-one consultation, head on over to my website, the-energy-studio.com. Or you can head over to our Instagram, which is at the period energy period studio if you liked the music at the beginning of this episode head on over to anywhere where music is listened to and or sold and check out the heartstrings project or you can also follow them on instagram at the heartstrings project they're freaking awesome so head on over and check them out